Having done something wrong, dear listeners, do you accept responsibility and look to change your ways? Or do you search for excuses, placing the blame on those around you? This is Jones and Wolf, a monthly audio fiction podcast featuring original music. The third and final part of this month's story, Alpha Tango Monorail, shows what it means to deal with one's mistakes honestly. Enjoy. And now you know the story about how I wound up in this dive bar downtown. Six beers and counting. A broken man who'd had everything and lost it all. If I wasn't a fugitive already, I figured it was just a matter of time. Everyone at the 2020 club knew about the blow-up between me and Penelope the week before, and now I was an easy suspect. I'd been in her room earlier that night. I'd cradled her lifeless body in my arms and begged her to come back. My fingerprints were everywhere, and her blood was all over my shirt. Shit. Maybe tomorrow they'd have my picture in the paper, naming me as the DC Slayer, when I finally knew it had been the Senator all along. I was starting to wonder, had he always been that way? A sociopath? A killer of women? Or was it all that Zulu Delta terror I'd given him, along with confidence that had scrambled his brain and driven him to create a monster he could run against in his presidential campaign? I wasn't sure, and I was tired of thinking. But I didn't stop running through all of it again and again. And sitting there at the bar, smoking my last cigarette, sometime around last call, I got an idea. The kind of idea that you get six beers deep. And the longer you drink, the better it seems. But sober or drunk, I knew I only had one move left. And I knew I had to play it before the post came out tomorrow. So I left the bar around 4 a.m., headed straight to the Lotus Corporation, gathered all the Alpha Tango monorail I could find, and a body camera, and headed directly for Senator Adams' home, deep in Bethesda, ready to make my play, even though I knew it was gonna bury me too. Don Adams, full of rage, blustering, boasting, screaming again and again that he was the only man tough enough to stand up to domestic terror. He lived in a 20-room home. His wife and kids must have been asleep but I knew the senator would be staying up late. After all, it wasn't so long ago he'd committed murder. He answered the door in a bathrobe. I guess he'd just come out of the shower, probably scrubbing Penelope's blood from his fingernails. He acted surprised to see me, but I just barged in. Told him it was urgent. Said we needed to talk about his emotional regulation. But first, I asked him to fix us a couple drinks. And when he came back, holding two glasses of whiskey, I mentioned he looked a little unsure of himself, a bit insecure, and offered him a taste of that conquered bit of mousetrap, free of charge, to raise his spirits. And once he agreed, I adjusted what looked to be an American flag pin in my tie, the smallest body camera money can buy making sure it was on before I slipped him the biggest dose of Alpha Tango monorail anyone had ever taken. It didn't take long. Once I saw the intimidation and confidence creep off his face and the honesty settle in, I could see how much of a coward he really was. And 
I thought that maybe he'd always been sick in the head, but that he never would have been capable of murder if it hadn't been for me and the emotions I sold him. All right, Don, I said. I was ready to drop the charade. Why don't you go ahead and tell me who you really are? I watched him try to lie at first, to pretend he didn't know what I was talking about, but it was hopeless, pathetic like a fish flopping around, trying to breathe outside its bowl. I... I'm a stranger to myself, he said. I'm all... twisted inside, torn apart. The things I've done, I don't understand. But I know I can't stop. And what exactly have you done? I said, forcing back tears. I killed so many girls. How many? Too many to count. And then the senator buried his face in his hands, and I just stared at him, disgusted, with him and with myself, thinking again about all that Zulu Delta terror I'd supplied him with and the monster I helped create. I suppose you'll be wanting some additional payment then? I guess that's what this is all about? To keep it quiet about the girls? What amount did you have in mind? No amount, I said. I don't want any more money. What do you want then? You already gave me what I want, I said, sinking my body camera with his massive TV in the living room, playing back his confession over and over. The senator, he stared at me for a long time. All he could do for a while was blink. I think he was starting to understand that I'd gone through a transformation rarely seen in DC and suddenly caught a conscience. I got up to leave, but stopped all of a sudden because there was something that was still lingering on my mind. Something I wanted to know, even though part of me already did. Why Penelope? The senator looked up at me for a moment as if the answer should have been obvious. Because she didn't fear me. None of them did. I put my hat back on and dried a tear that had streaked down my face. I'd heard enough, but Don, he just kept on talking. There are more of them, you know. More DC Slayers. It's not just me. I'm one of many. Even if you get rid of me, there are plenty more monsters out there ready to take my place. I paused at the door, straightened my tie, and looked him dead in the eye. What makes you think I'm done, I said. And then I left, and as I walked to my car and the sun began to rise, I was thinking about Penelope again, and the ancient wisdom she'd been blessed with by her mother. And I was wondering where the other DC Slayers were hiding, and how I was gonna find them. And then I remembered my client list at the Lotus Corporation, and I thought, that's a pretty good place to start. And so our narrator rides off into the sunrise like an old gunslinger, armed with nothing but honesty to carry him through his future adventures. The only question that remains is, will it be enough? Alpha Tango Monorail was written and narrated by me, Anthony Jones. The music was done by Joel Wolf. 
Friction Magazine co-produced this story, and it was an honor to work with them for the past few months. We'll be back next month with another story. Until then, my ephemeral friends, thanks for listening. <laughs>